everybody. It's Jesse Lynn, and welcome back to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. Happy New Year! And let me tell you, we are ringing in the new year with a bang up guest today. And let me tell you, this gentleman and I actually go back all the way to 2016 when he and a couple of his friends decided to let me open a show for them down in Dothan, Alabama. Folks, I'd like you in helping me welcome Mr. William Lee Golden to the podcast. How are you doing today? Jesse Leanne, I'm doing great. And uh, you're down talking about being close to where I grew up there in South Alabama. Yes, I know. I, you know, it's 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 a one in a million opportunity chance to not only uh, have the chance to talk with you when we were in Dothan, but the fact that you're from Bruton, Alabama is pretty astounding. What was it like growing up down there? Tell me about it. Well, for me, it was great. I grew up out in the country there, and uh, we lived about six miles south of Bruton, and right on the Alabama-Florida state lines where I was born and raised. Uh, you could throw a rock over into Florida. There was a road that went by our house where the spot that I was born on, and uh, the road was uh, the Alabama-Florida state line. So, uh we farmed uh, inside of Alabama and Florida, and uh, but we lived in Alabama always from the uh, time I was born. And But uh, my dad was a big farmer, cotton and peanuts and uh, soybeans and wheat. And mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've done it all. Sometimes run, we've been around cows, hogs, all the livestock and uh but my dad was mainly a big row crop farmer, and uh, the family still is involved with that down there. But uh, we still have the old home place. Uh, in fact, that's where I go back and sleep uh, there in the same bedroom that I grew up in. Uh, back years ago, my mother and dad, I remember when I was real young, they built that house. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was an old house. They bought the farm. And uh, anyhow, it's beautiful memories to me. It's uh, what helps keep me anchored, actually, is where I come from. And Absolutely. it was a simple, simple life uh, where we lived and out in the country. And when I was an infant, I guess, my dad worked at the shipyard, at the shipyard in uh, Mobile there. During, yeah. Uh, build up to the war and uh, all of that but uh anyhow that was in my infant years and uh but yeah i grew up on a farm and uh treasure all those memories and going to school there and singing in the first quartets that i ever sang in was there with uh the high school quartet uh, the ffa quartet yes so uh but my sister she uh she was real musical and the talented one in our family. And uh, she taught me how to play rhythm guitar and sing harmonies right. when I was seven, seven years old and eight years old. And we had a duet there for uh, several years until our little brother joined us singing. We had a trio then. And, but then I got in high school and sang with the FFA Quartet. and. Right. And fell in love with four-part harmony singing and uh, harmonies and 
so that's kind of been a, a thing that's pulled me through life is my passion for music, all kinds of music, and right. all kind of intricate harmonies. Yes. And, uh, but it was the simple things and the simple country music when I was real little. My granddaddy Golden was a fiddle player. Mm-hmm. He played in the frolics and the barn dances and square dances. Wow. And uh, then my mother was musical on my mother's side. Her family was musical. But uh, so, but yeah, it was uh, music is something that I had a passion for. And out of high school singing, I just kept putting groups together and singing around when I could around home, you know, and we would travel off doing singing too. But, uh, and that's kind of where I met the Oak Ridge Boys and did some shows with them down that way and got to know a couple of three of them and, or got to know the whole group actually. And, uh, and they were going through a change and I drove to Nashville and, uh, talk to them about uh, what I could see for the Oak Ridge Boys and uh, that they did do the change that I would like to try out for the part. Nice. And uh, so it kind of, that's, I'm still on that journey of where that takes me. Which to me is just absolutely stellar. You know, you and I had a, a chance uh, down in Dothan back seven years ago. I can't believe it's been that long ago. Um, you know, I had just come off of sound checking and you guys were getting ready to go on. And we had dinner that evening down at the at the bottom of the Civic Center there. And I just remember sitting down at the table and sitting with you and your wife, Simone, and just getting to talk to both of you and getting to hear that passion that you're talking about. You, you just embody that so much and you can just tell that you absolutely love what you do and it just shows and um even on the stage I was just absolutely in awe of what you guys put and bring to the table every time you guys step out on a stage and I love the fact that you're talking about you know what's kept you grounded because I'm I'm sure as as many artists that found you know a great stardom in the business you know I'm sure you had some trials that you had to go through and um I know also you're you're a very avid artist as well and also an author can you walk me through a little bit how um you walked through those trials and how you got back to your roots per se. Well, I've, uh, you know, life is every day has its own memories. Uh, we basically to follow your visions and your dreams to make it in music business. It's, uh, you, you take it wherever it, the music takes you to and wherever there's a demand. You know, it was like growing up down on the farm. Uh, I realized, you know, I was singing part-time, and uh, but I was also working at another job. I not only worked on the farm, but uh, I worked at a paper mill some. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, uh, I realized then that if I was ever going to uh, pursue music, you know, that it's something that you have to kind of dedicate yourself to. And like my mother always said, find something you love to do 
and then give it all your time and your effort. Spend the hours of the day that you would be doing a job and spend that on pursuing what it is that you love and your passion. Right. And that's what I did. And uh, But it's uh, the discipline of my mother and my father. You know, I drew, I drew the strengths from both of them. And, uh, and it's... You know, it's the simple things in life, and it was all about the music. It was like I spoke, you know, had the opportunity back in the day when we were riding high on the charts uh, to speak at a college music course down here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So I took Pete Cummins, who's an incredible guitarist and young guy, someone with me that maybe to bring his guitar and just talk to the people too, you know, because his father was a coach and mm-hmm. his family was involved with uh, teaching. And anyhow, I, I didn't know how, uh, what to say, or I just, I was just down there kind of flying on the cuff, you know, for not prepared to do anything, but just whatever I feel like at the moment. And, uh, but I told the people, the students there, I said, you know, if you're looking for something that you can be around a lot of money, then mm-hmm. you may want to check out banking. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. Because uh, the time you get your education and uh, the hard knocks of making it on the road in the music business, you know, uh, it's not about the money. It's about, you realize it's about the quality of what you're doing and uh, what you put into it is what you get out of it. Absolutely. One, 100%. And, you know, I think that can be said for just about anything that you want to do in life. Obviously, you know, um, mine and your path is very similar in the music business and, and the fact that we love what we do and um, it, it shows in, in multiple forms. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that you brought up that that passion, those roots, and being able to look back on on having you know discipline, not just from a great home life, but also you've had to have self discipline to continue. I mean, my goodness, you've had a phenomenal career from the time that you were a kid to now, and um, I know, of course. Um, you, Rusty, Chris, uh, Craig, and all of them are back out on the road as the Golden. So kind of tell me what that looks like. I mean, obviously, you and the Oaks are still touring. You're getting ready to do the farewell tour. But tell me what it's like having the family out on the road doing your own uh, shows. Well, Jesse, what happened was uh, I had a vision. I was down at the farm. Mm-hmm. And it's back where I uh, had other visions there. And I followed my visions then, and this this is where it led to. And you keep following your visions. You know, you get to a certain point, and you you're looking. You got to look ahead and at the future sometimes. Right. But uh, you get in a calm place where you can be quiet enough to listen to spirit speak, so to speak. Yes and uh, allows spirit to speak in calmness and uh, be outside sitting under the trees and listen, not only to the wind blow and the birds or whatever, but uh, nature. 
but allow yourself to uh, see where you're at and look at where you're coming from and look at where you see that you're going to need to be in the future. And uh, I had a vision to get my family back together and make music because they're all so individually talented and we were all doing separate things. They're touring separate, doing solo things. And uh, I couldn't get them all together. I could, and I was doing 150 days on the road with the Oak Ridge Boys. Well, what happened is uh, the pandemic hit. We were all sent home. Mm-hmm. And we were told that you're part of the unessential, that you're unessential, so go home. Lock your door. Put on two masks. Mm-hmm. If, any, if anybody knocks on your door, crawl under the bed. <laughs> right. So, um, but looking and watching these people, everybody hating everybody on television news. You know, I was you're in a pandemic here, and uh, I was seeing these people that thought they were essential and. I realized after two or three weeks of that that this is not essential for me, and they're not either. Right. So I I turned that crap off. I got outside here. I got away from television news. I hate everybody, hate everybody. And uh, I stepped back, you know, I was, you can feel an evilness coming into your home through TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, if I allow this, come here it's gonna get me fired up too and uh so i turned turned it off got out of the house and kept it off would not watch it for several months but uh i allowed my started calling my family over my sons and then my grandkids and uh mm-hmm. we started just sit around the piano we told we couldn't go to church and couldn't do, uh, couldn't gather in big crowds, couldn't get together with more than 10 people. That all had to be social distance. And, uh, but we got around the piano and got the instruments. We started playing and singing old songs. Songs that people that wrote them were essential to us. Right. Essential in inspiring us to even do what we're doing. And the, I went back and took my kids and my grandkids back to the old songs that my sister and my mother taught me when I was a little kid, seven, eight, nine years old. These old gospel songs. They were new at that time. Hank Williams, I Saw the Light, uh, old uh, Roy Acuff's Great Speckled Bird, and uh, Lubin Brothers songs, Kitty Wells songs, and all these old country songs that we get to sing and sing them in church mm-hmm. they were gospel and uh, then we'd sing the other ones on the front porch there with our instruments and uh, anyhow that's uh but i took my kids back to where it started with me mm-hmm. and i wanted to hear them harmonize today and play their music and put the feel of today's where they're at today into it and so uh, we started singing these old songs and went up here to Ben Isaac Studio, which is just right up at the end of our street. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that TBN Studios up there where Mike uh, Huckabee does his shows. And uh, mm-hmm. they've got 
two great studios there. We went in and uh, brought three or four other friends outside of the family, and uh, we started playing and singing these old songs. And uh, we started recording. We wound up recording 34 old songs. My kids singing songs that were essential to them and inspiring them to want to be musicians and singers. Right. And we'd harmonize on all of these things. And we'd harmonizing with songs that never had harmony on the original cuts of them. Mm-hmm. But to me, I felt like that those choruses lend themselves to a great harmony. Oh, yes. And uh, so then what we did is we got through doing that. We videoed everything we were doing. We had uh, videos set up there. Jeff Panzer was directed this from his home studio and out in L.A. And uh, mm-hmm. Sherman Oaks there. And so he was uh, directing a team of four or five cameras. And the five or six cameras in the studio there, two of them handheld and where the hand guys should be going. But he had a camera in the control room catching what the producers are saying, mm-hmm. everything going on. And uh, he captured it all. And then we've got that. 34 songs have been captured on video. And uh, so... What we did is uh, we put some of those videos together and uh, then brought them out to the house here and created the scene at our home and uh, done some, shot some other videos with the people that were singing on it with my kids and my grandkids. And uh, so, and we're going out when the oaks are, and the oaks this past year have slowed down. The past two years we keep slowing down mm-hmm. as far as our concert touring uh, we were doing for, for 50 years now we've been doing 150 to 200 dates a year on the road but mainly 150 that you know back in the early days we were touring 200 days a year yeah but uh most anybody else that had a job they were working that many days you know right exactly but ours was usually weekend working, and then we'd get off on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But then we'd back out for four days. Right. So uh, it's a it's a way of life. But what has happened is when the Oak Ridge Boys have slowed down, I'm booking my family into some of these theaters and places that. Uh, I've been before, some I've not been before, and uh, we're playing theaters with our family and uh, different settings and outdoor shows and whatever, but uh, we take our family band on the road and the guys that played on the records. Nice. And, uh, we have a great band and a bunch of musicians that have played on a lot of people's records, but thankfully they're uh, finding time to go play and sing with us and uh it's so exciting to be out there and to be harmonizing with my own family and to be revisiting some of these classic old songs that we put together out of the 34 i mean we went from old-time gospel songs to old-time classic country songs 
Right. Some great old time rock and roll music and oh, yeah. those rock and roll songs and uh, my kids and grandkids singing. You know, Elijah, my grandson, did a great uh, "Stand by Me," the old R&B song. He oh, just yes. really did a great job on that. And uh, I don't know if you've heard this stuff. But I have. I have because. It's let me let me tell you something. You know, you know, William Lee, your 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 story, your life has has changed so many people's lives over the the span of your career, and I'm I'm telling you, just sitting here listening to to you tell this story reminds me so much of my my family heritage and and how I was brought up in the in the music, which was, um, you know, in the church. My my grandmother and her identical twin sister grew up singing those old gospel hymns that you're talking about. So every one of them that you're naming, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a major deja vu moment, and just everything that you you were talking about. It resonates so deeply with with me and my core and and being um, who I am as you know Jesse Lynn the you know be a dream catcher podcast. This is what this is about is is sharing how you have achieved those dreams and those passions and how 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 that has fueled your life. And so you know you asked if I if I knew these and I knew that you had these out. The, the answer to that is is yes because I'm going to be honest. Whether or not you realize it or whether or not you and the Oak Ridge Boys realize it, I mean, you guys gave me my first major break in the business. Um, you know, I was 19 years old when I got the call asking if I'd be willing to come open the show for you all down in Dothan in 2016, and I'm like, oh, come on now, you're kidding me. I, I, I literally told my guy that on the phone. I'm like, no, there's no way. And he's like, yeah, that's that's a way. And I'm like... Do what? I about fainted. I was I was on a radio tour. I was driving my truck and you know, that that experience and just being able to stay in touch with you guys via social media, via whenever I'd run into you guys at the Opry. Um, you know, I got to see you guys when Dwayne's uh, family, his grandkids, made their debut on the Opry. And Yeah, they're real talented too. Yes. And so just I, you guys just don't realize how much of an impact that not only you sharing this with me, but but what you've done for me in the past and then just sharing your story just by you being you. This is absolutely stellar and it's blowing my mind and it just it 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 hits my inner soul and it just revitalizes me in so many different ways. So this is just phenomenal. And it, uh, it almost, I, I was trying not to cry when you were talking about your, your family and getting in the studio and, and videoing this, I can only imagine what it's like being out on the road and having that opportunity. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, in reality, to be honest, you know, for 50 years here, there's been 150 to 200 days a year I've been an absentee husband mm -hmm. and an absentee father. And uh, you're never absentee in your heart and your mind and your soul. But it's there's a distance between that you're missing certain school events that everybody else's mother and dad's there, but you're out, out of town. And, uh, you know, and I'm not, 
I'm not putting that down because to do what we do, you have to take it to the people. They don't, they can't always come to right. you. And uh, it takes a sacrifice to do that, you know. It's, and especially if you've had radio music success and, and any television exposure that would help mm-hmm. make people want to come see you in a live concert setting. Right. But, uh, you know, and again, it's, it's uh, you're talking about your mother having a twin, identical twin. My father was one of three trip. He was a triplet. My oh, my gosh. Was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And uh, it was Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And uh, well, there you my go. dad was Luke. <laughs> so it, he was a third triplet. He was a run of the bunch. And anyhow, I, twins and triplets, uh, people that I... I have a strong connection because of, of my father and uh, his passion for life and his uh, discernment of spirit and other people sometimes. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a good advice from your family, your mothers and fathers that inspire you to do and to face situations and uh, be you got to be honest with yourself because uh, that's the main thing. And like my dad used to say, man, if, if a person will lie to you, they'll steal from you. That's right. That and is if their right. word is no good, neither is their signature. You put them on a contract that they that's that contract's no good if their words are no good. That's right. So. Uh, Anyhow, it's just a little simple things that uh, that you're gonna need along the way, going down life's highway, and uh, that's the beauty of what we do is uh, it takes us and allows us, you know, a different town allows you to continue to grow. I mean, you're you're doing what it was you left home to do, and. Uh, you're taking advantage of opportunities to be able to sing. Right. And that's, uh, so in our business, you know, it's say yes as many times as you can. Right. And, uh, and trust your agents that know where they're sending you. But, you know, if you can't, if you can't do it, stand in there, acapella sometimes, you can't do it at all, you know, and it's, uh, what happens when the power goes out? Right. <laughs> right. Or or you blow up a soundboard like I did at one of our shows. Thankfully, it was not our equipment. But um, I, yeah. we, we had just come out on stage, and we were rocking out in the first song. And one by one, you heard each instrument go out. And then the whole entire board went out. So um, we, you know, thank God the production company had a backup. But I took my guitarist, and we went down in the middle of the crowd. And, I mean, there's two, 3,000 people. But I'm like, you know what? we're going to give it our best shot and we're going to entertain these folks until we can get plugged back in. And there we go. And, um, you know, you're in a setting then like would have been before electricity. Right. Exactly. That's what it is. It's your, but you know, there's that certain authenticity about it though, too, that I love. I do too. It's just, it's like walking that tight 
rope every day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I know we are coming up uh, on time and I don't want to keep you longer than I had told you that we had you scheduled for, but I would like you to just briefly touch on um, your book that you have out, your artwork, and then tell everybody where they can find out more about you, uh, your upcoming show dates with the Goldens and with the Oak Ridge Boys. Well, uh, you can go probably to social media and find out most of that stuff through our websites and things. But, uh, you know, with the Oak Ridge Boys, we're going through some changes here, you know, as we're getting older and some of the guys are struggling with physical uh, getting around. I know Joe has been dealing with uh, some issues with his legs. and uh, mm-hmm. But... As we get older, you know, uh, and then with the kids and the grandkids that we all have, there was a, <coughs> excuse me, there was a, you know, I had a vision uh, about a year and a half ago to uh, try to put this thing together that you were mentioning about here and Dwayne's kids there. Mm-hmm. And his grandkids. Uh, I would like to do a thing and uh, and have an Oak Ridge Boys Family Festival. Oh, that would where be we fun! Come and uh, bring the Oak Ridge Boys. That uh, Dwayne bring his family, and uh, we have music. Let three generations of him and his family have. Uh, let people see what the talent, how it's going down the river with the families, you know. Right. And uh, I'd like to be there with my kids and my grandkids and do what we've been doing during the pandemic. And uh, we found healing through recording together and playing music together. It takes us back every time we get a chance to go out and play and sing. We do about two hours or sometimes a little over two hours and 15 minutes of singing and music when we go out and play. And uh, we kind of stretch it out, let the good, great players that we have, let them stretch it out and don't put any bridles on anybody. And right. Kind of let the music in the evening take us where it does. We know the basic songs that we're going to do, but... Uh, Sometimes if the jam sessions get going, you got to let them let them go. Yeah, it's time to come back and sing. You know, if it gets going and can take you to some beautiful musical, magical highs. And, uh, but that's again my family and my friends. My family is extremely talented. Just as an incredible songwriter and piano player and singer and harmony singer and Chris is an incredible musician, singer, songwriter and uh, record producer and multi-instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris plays for 17 years. He played with the Oak Ridge Boys, played drums with us. Yeah. And he played a year before that uh, with acoustic guitar with the Oak Ridge Boys. And wow. With the Goldens, uh, he played on all of our recordings, played drums, and then come back and played rhythm guitar. And uh, he plays rhythm guitar on stage and sings 
leads and sings harmonies, and uh, he helps. He's a great guy to have on a rhythm it. guitar because it keeps the show moving. You know, you're out of one thing, and he, him and the drummer are yep. in sync. Of, uh, Rick gives him a click or Eddie. And again, we've had uh, these great musicians that uh, played on a lot of people's hit records that are out there. Right. On stage with us, uh, Rick McClure and Steve Henson, and, uh, and Steve plays electric slide guitars. I love he it. He plays steel guitar and he plays dobro. But uh, with us, he plays mainly uh, the steel guitar and electric slide. He's one of my all-time electric slide favorite guitar electric slide guys and anyhow Larry Morris plays bass and uh, he's played with a bunch of people you know, mm-hmm. Marty Stewart Johnny Cash he's played with different folks and also uh, we've got Eugene Moles on lead guitars Eugene comes from Bakersfield he's a he's a second third generation player himself. His dad was a player and guitar builder and all of that in L.A. and in uh, Bakersfield. Wow. But they were part of the Bakersfield sound out there. And then wow. Gene played was in Merle Haggard's band when Merle was, uh, when Eugene was like 19 years old, they saw him in uh, the Palomino Club. They hired him as soon as he turned 18 to play the guitar in the house band at the Palomino Club in L.A. And wow. That's where all the Eagles used to hang out. Yeah. Ronstadt, <laughs> Jackson Brown and all of those people that uh, created that whole country rock originally. And, right. Uh, which became huge popular music is what it became. Oh, yeah. Rock and roll of the day. And, uh but uh, yeah, Eugene, he comes from that area, and he's a incredible guitarist. And my sons, man, they they're playing is just it's uh, it's a simple it's a simple beauty of feel. Yes. And uh, it's getting all the feeling out of each note and each rhythm and each stroke. Yeah. I, I tell you, it's it, I I have met and seen Chris several several occasions on different award shows and and um, the first time I ever saw Chris live, I was just enamored with his ability to make a guitar talk. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. It is, and like I said, he for a year he played the, the acoustic guitar with the Oaks, but it's a he he has a rhythm because he played he's a great drummer and he he realizes the dynamics and the feel of that music how it is and that guitar gives him right. something that he can keep the dynamics of the music of the band going and it's such a feel and uh, anyhow it's uh, but it's been so much fun and that's what we're going to be doing this uh, in 2024. Is, uh, we're starting out. Uh, I'm doing the uh, 
what third Lansley Club there on the eleventh. Fantastic. And then, uh, then we're going up to Elizabethtown, Kentucky, at the theater up there, and play in uh, the next night on the twelfth, of January. And then in February, we got several other dates booked with the family band, and uh, the Oaks are basically off the entire. We do two dates in January, too, and uh, then we're recording in January with the Oakridge Boys, a new album with Dave Cobb, and then uh, in March, we're doing several dates with the Oaks, but uh, in February, I'm doing several dates with my family and our family band, and with the Goldens, and uh, my granddaughter, she goes out on some of they, she played the opera with us and just it stopped the show there when she did this uh, Harlan County, that old classical song. Yeah. But uh, she just stopped. Uh, we did three songs, and then after she sang that, uh, Rusty did Hillbilly Highway, and then, man, it just rocked the house. Oh, I bet. Oh my goodness, that gives me chills. I I can I wasn't even there, and I can just imagine what it was like, and I yeah, oh, just I I can't wait because I'm I'm gonna be honest. I know the Oaks are coming down to my neck of the woods on March the second, y'all. So for anyone that's listening that's in the Montgomery area, make sure you head on over to the Impact and get tickets. But then also, you need to go out to William Lee's website and check out their tour dates that we're talking about with the Goldens because they're also hitting some hot spots around our location and you know uh, you just trust me if you can't and aren't fired up to go see them live and in concert by now i'm just i'll have to just come hunt you down and drag you with me <laughs> yeah but uh and again you know we're it's a, a focused on a lot of harmony and a lot of music allowed the music to breathe and also to uh when it's time to kick the horses and let them run you right. let them go and but that's what it's all about you know it's, music is about the feeling oh yes it's a magical feel it's uh, and it's again it's kind of like uh, walking on high wire mm-hmm. you, you could uh, when you're when you're out there and it's it's right man it's like you can fly almost but uh Right. If you're not, you feel like you're falling off the high wire. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, we've. I thank goodness. I can only say we've only had a couple of those moments where you're looking at everybody going, "All right, what chart do y'all have, and who wrote it?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've. I know right where you're at, but I tell you, when when you are on that high wire and you are on it, and you just know the band's on it, it is that that feeling and. It, the the music talks, the the instruments speak, the lyrics speak. Um, everything is a is a. It, to be honest, everything is a perfect harmony that has to come together to make the song what it is. It is, and it's uh, to be right in the center of all of that, man. It's like sometimes you feel like you levitate. Oh yeah. It's just uh, feels like you're getting on a cloud or something. Yeah. 
It it can definitely take you to higher places and, and better places. And, you know, this has just been, I already feel like I'm at a higher place just having the chance to speak with you and have you on the podcast. And, um, you know, this podcast was created because I'm Cherokee Indian, as I know um, you have actually um, received a special award from them, uh, Entertainer of the Year from our Cherokee Indian Association. And so just, I think that's why the nice kindred spirits are definitely recognizing one another today and it just it has just blessed me greatly to have you on the podcast and and I hope maybe one day we could do a video podcast with maybe you and the family and uh get up there in the studio in Nashville and then set everything up and we could do a a cool video chat (laughs) okay that sounds good well, I think well, in today's technology, that stuff could be done. Oh, yeah, it can be done super quick. And I've got the studio up there so we can all, you know, be in person, have a cool little set and get this videotaped and uh, just have a nice chat like we've done today. I think that would be one of the, the neatest opportunities. And, and I would just, uh, wow, I may faint, but we'll be OK. <laughs> I'd love that. Let's do it. All right. Well, William Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Folks, you have been listening to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. Be sure to head on over to WilliamLeeGolden.com and, of course, the Oak Ridge Boys websites to catch them on the road. And we will see you guys on Down the Trail next time. Bye.